I'm Scott McGowan. And I'm Anne-Marie Singleton. Now, I think even for our listeners, too, I think what's important is um, we might be right, we might be wrong, but one thing is we're not afraid. Right. And we have a point of view, and I think that people should hear it. And we're unscripted. We just have free reign for 20 minutes. Welcome to Side Effects with an A. Welcome back to Side Effects. I'm Scott McGowan. And I'm Anne-Marie Singleton. How are you? Doing great. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. We just had our big Thanksgiving like lunch for our workforce. We did. It was awesome. And mm-hmm. I'm not sure how our podcast got scheduled following the meal, but if we appear a little sleepy, it could be the turkey. Yeah, I think it could be nap time. Right. In about an hour. I, I am totally with you on that. Let's hope so. anyone that maybe might listen might not be sleeping. <laughs> they might be sleeping or watching yes. football. Yes. But if you're not sleeping or watching football, mm-hmm. we have an exciting topic for you today, um, yeah. talking about alternative health plans. Yeah, and I think originally when that came out, you know, under uh, executive order, uh, I think what America heard was buying health care across state lines is going to reduce the cost of care, and, and kind of people were excited about what this next phase would be. Right. I think those of us that have been in, in this industry for a long time, uh, I think understand that healthcare is really, re- really local and it's regional. Right. And I'm not so sure that just going across the state line reduces the cost of care. Right. Yes. This. I mean, this product defies all logic for how things, goods, and services are purchased and sold. Um, it's just a really complicated transaction. Well, and I think you and I were talking about this before. I mean, you came from the banking industry. Right. So you were involved in uh, manufacturing, white collar, gray collar, blue collar. Mm-hmm. And in that world, um, you're really familiar with the way that people run their businesses. Right. So what, uh, what they want is uh, the best quality, right, for right. value. Right. And they're super disciplined about that. Like they're intentional about it. Right. And they have some control to some extent over their suppliers, who they purchase from, their customers, who they sell to. Um, You know, they have input on the raw material and their cost of goods. And then, you know, over over time, they make a profit, right? That's how it works. So they have a supplier that is giving them a lower quality product. They either get them up to quality or they replace it. Um, They have some sort of influence over the process. Well, they, and they have influence over sales. Right. So, you know, as far as if I'm not selling, I'm not buying more of this product, right? I've got inventory controls. Right. And then when you, then you take, and you said this in the very beginning, you take this healthcare transaction and it defies all logic to them. Right. It's like I'm not, like this is not the way I'm used to making, making decisions. Right. There's not a lot of transparency. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of options, right? We're limited at some point by the number of health plans in a particular region. The contracting is all done without anyone's, uh, not anyone's input, but without the employer's input, Mm -hmm. right? The hospitals decide what the price is that the employer is going to pay, and they decide that price with the insurance company. And so you're you're left saying, well, if I want to offer health care, I guess I have to do it at your contracted rates, right? but you won't really tell me what those are until I use the service, and then you'll send me a bill and tell me what I owe. Yeah, it's, so, it's not the way consumers not. or businesses purchase anything. And I think in our, in our position, I mean, one is I think the Affordable Care Act gave access to people to health care. Which was amazing. Which is really important. Right. But I do think what it did is it kind of paralyzed um, all of us that wanted to be creative in this space 
And then all of a sudden over the last, you know, probably eight years, we were trying to figure out the compliance parts of healthcare and the Affordable Care Act and innovation was kind of choked. And then this executive order came out and even during the election, they said, hey, if you sell over state lines, it's gonna reduce costs. I, I, personally, I think it was a political agenda, agenda on both sides. Um, and so I'm not a big fan of that messaging. However, right. I think what you and I see with, a, with um, alternative health plans is the fact that we're starting to see like new people enter this arena. Right and change the language and the mindset of this transaction. Well, and just to think about it differently. And, and I think, you know, your point's really well taken about innovation being choked. And, you know, we've always, always talk about priding ourselves on being innovative and looking forward. Um, however, at some point you do, you, you can't do both effectively, right? And we had to work on compliance. Our mm -hmm. employers had to. I mean, we have the Affordable Care Act. I wish we were in the other room. You could see the, the ream of paper, which is, you know, taller than, than you are, definitely taller than I am, of employer law and yeah. legislation. So we had to help them understand it, avoid the penalties, get their plans in compliance, and trying to do that alongside with innovative innovation yeah. and creating was, was very difficult. Now that that's pretty much settled, and we haven't seen a lot of movement in terms of compliance, we feel like we've got our arms around that. I think most employers do too. Um, the innovation is coming out everywhere. It's coming right. out of the seams. Well, for a couple of reasons. One is um, the economy is a lot stronger. Right. So even even inside the walls of MB, like we were struggling um, even when we look at trying to attract uh, a workforce. So for several years, um, you know, people because of the economy, they'd had a job. And so there wasn't there wasn't tremendous growth. So attracting and retaining a workforce wasn't as hard as it is today. Right, and we hear that. I think that's the number one thing mm -hmm. we hear when we sit in front of employers is not, the first question is how can you help me lower my healthcare costs? That comes up eventually. The first question or issue that they bring up when we ask what are your goals and what are your challenges as, a work, as an organization, it's workforce. Mm -hmm. It's how do I attract and retain quality people with unemployment so low for so long it's really difficult and it's really competitive. Yeah, I know. I, I heard this morning I was at an event down in Cincinnati, Austin. I think Austin, Texas has unemployment rate at 2.3%. It's artificially low. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, so it's really hard um, to try to uh, attract and re retain people today. It's very difficult. So we have to be creative. So in this mindset of, uh, at least from our end, from the consulting side, mm -hmm. lower my cost, lower my cost, lower my cost, um, that conversation is not occurring today. It's different. It's right. a different mindset. Right. They're still cost conscious. Employers are mm -hmm. still cost conscious. But I think that the conversation has shifted to value over cost, just pure cost reduction, because they do not want to take benefits away um, to save money at the um, you know impact of their workforce. They don't. They want to offer a robust benefit package. They want the workforce to feel good about the benefits. Um, most companies, not all, but most companies are doing well. Um, you know they're profitable. They're not looking to, to necessarily reduce that cost, but they're looking to spend those dollars because they're still very high dollars spent on benefits wisely. They want to feel the value that they're getting from providing those benefits to their workforce. Yeah. So as you know, as we kind of talked about this, I think the one thing that we're really excited about in this move—I'll call it a movement—you know—in regards to how healthcare is going to change is this posture for looking for, uh, and we know this intuitively, and actually even actuarially, and and um, our data tells us that if if we can steer a workforce towards 
um, providers that, that deliver high quality that actually ends up being low cost. Right. Which is a mindset um, uh, really for a lot of us. So in industry, they can say you can pick uh, price, you can pick speed, and you can pick quality. But in most, you only get two in most situations. Right. So society said, well, if it's low cost, it's got to be low quality. Because that's how we purchase most retail exactly. goods. And in healthcare, it's it's actually, it's different. It's, it's a different mindset. And so as we look at um, AHPs coming towards us, I think one of the things that we're really excited about is the fact that at least what we feel the movement is, is towards high quality health systems or high quality physicians. Right. Uh, and if we can steer folks, and we won't go into the details because we've talked about it in a, in a Simple Pay episode, and we've talked about it in various episodes, but obviously the outcome of, of navigating those people towards high quality health systems, high quality physicians, actually the outcome is significantly less cost. Right, it's a better overall mm -hmm. patient experience. It's a lower overall cost for the member or the patient, particularly under a you know, high deductible or a copay type plan that has a high copay for inpatient or outpatient. And it's a lower overall cost to the plan as a whole, which allows that money then to be reinvested into other benefits. And then in one other of the ways. things you said was, if that was the first one, right? So if, if we sit there and say that what, really what we want is payment for value, quality. The second thing you, that you had brought up was uh, incentive. Yeah. So help help us understand that. Yeah. So incentive for quality mm -hmm. care, and that can come in many many ways. I mean, the employers are looking for an incentive for sending their people to quality care and lower overall claims. Employees are looking for um, lower copays and lower out of pocket when they have quality care. Um, I think that the payment innovation that's taken place in the state of Ohio and the contracting that the commercial carriers are doing are incentivizing the providers mm -hmm. for providing quality care, meaning better outcomes. That means I have time to see a sick patient during the day. That means I discharge my patients with instructions that they can easily understand. That means I have a nurse navigator that calls that patient and makes sure they're taking their yeah. medication. And so making sure that every part of the way through this process that people are being incentivized to seek quality care and incentivized to provide quality care. And employers were never part of that conversation before. Right. Um, they just weren't. Mm -hmm. The patient was a part of that conversation, but I don't think they felt empowered to even have that conversation. And now everyone's asking, um, or more people are asking, I, uh, we should say. Um, and I think that we're going to continue to see that movement towards quality care. Um, well, and I, think that, and I think the third thing is this personal, you know, to, to kind of personalize the, uh, the experience for people. And, and I'm not picking, I, I've had a Buick before. Um, but what we can't do is sell <laughs> health insurance and give everybody a four-door Buick. Right. Uh, and unfortunately, the industry has done that to us for decades. Now, you, as you take, um, you know, you take our economy today in regards to how we operate these things today. Right. And what's attractive to us. I think what society, what, at least what capitalism has figured out is we're all different. So when you can make it attractive to me, I might move in a different way. Right. And so what we're excited about is maybe it's not health insurance companies that are delivering massive innovation. It's out of category in organizations saying, I think we can try to do elements and parts of this, which, which is really exciting. It is exciting. I mean, it, it's, <laughs> it's going to be interesting over the next 12 months, 24 months, 36 months with what's coming. And, you know, if, if 
like it or not, people want a personalized experience. And if you go back 10 years and, you know, I'm, I'm older, right? And so I'm like, we, you know, why do people need individual, you know, can't everyone just get it this way? This is how we do it. And at the end of the day, um, Amazon did that. Um, other Zappos did that. I mean, we could go on and on. They were some of the forefront with, I can choose things the way I want it. You make it easy to return. You give me suggestions of things that look like what I want. Um, and now if I go on a website and try to look for something, I'm trying to buy an area rug. Who buys a rug online? I mean, apparently I do. I'm pretty mad when and I can't. Apparently it's for an area no matter what. No matter what. And so, you know, I want to be able to check size, color, shape, mm -hmm. Um, the height of the pile on the rug. Like, if there aren't enough options, I'm, mm -hmm. I leave that website and I go... Or enough information. Right. I immediately go to another one. Yep. Like, why wouldn't I have 15 different criteria? Because I don't have time to look through 4,768 rugs. I need to see the 121 that are relevant to me. Right. And so, mm -hmm. even me, in my old age, if I'm now conditioned to purchase like that, I think those are the things that are coming at us in innovation and healthcare because it's a consumer purchase. It yeah. is. And I think one of the things that we, you know, that we're trying to do for our customers is almost be a little bit of a dream catcher. So as this innovation comes towards us, which elements of those do we look at and say um, that's attractive, that has sustainability, that's just not sexy and uh, has lipstick on it, right? Right. Like that, that could work. So we're going to put a bet out uh, in that area. So yeah. one of the things we talked about a little bit was. Um, uh, Binds. So United Healthcare has a product out there. It's creative. It's like a core element product. Um, Quantum here in uh, in Columbus. Yeah, delivering <clears throat> healthcare in a completely different way. Talk mm -hmm. about a personalized experience and really driving towards quality. Um, you know, we had the podcast on Simple Pay, which mm -hmm. is a completely different way to deliver healthcare, where we're helping people through an app. Uh, choose mm -hmm. the highest quality, lowest lowest cost provider. And we've talked about reference based pricing. Yeah. Uh, that's picking up speed, some momentum. MIWAs in the state of Ohio for groups uh, less than 50. Mm -hmm. uh, there's there's more of those out there. Uh, they're actually, um, people want to get into that space. Uh, and then you just think about all the other products that are going to start coming, coming towards us. And it's a lot. Right. Uh, and what we don't want to do is, at least internally, we don't want to overwhelm our people. Right. And we also understand that companies, um, what they love to do is they love to run their business. Right, right. They don't want to just sit around and talk for. about yeah. health insurance all day. And, you know, one thing we talk about is embracing disruption because um, it's it's here. It's, it's not, if you don't embrace disruption, you're getting stale and stagnant. You're probably going to be left behind. We don't want to disrupt your workforce. We don't want to put a solution in for 12 months and then have to take it out. And so, as you said, mm -hmm. being dream catchers, <clears throat> pulling it all in, picking it all apart, understanding the validity of it, and whether or not we think it can work, and betting on those that yeah, that and we, we want to we want to teach people how to make bets um, because what, the greatest risk is maybe doing nothing at all. Right. And you know, when you think about it from the highest level, is and, and it's one of the reasons even for side effects is. What, what, what I would love is the fact that uh, at least our customers hear about innovation from, from us first. Right. I get really upset when I hear from another CEO, hey, have you heard of this idea, right? And we haven't heard of it, like, gosh, we should be students of this business. I, 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 I know we're competent, I know we're good, and I know we're smart, uh, because there's gonna be a lot of stuff coming towards us. I think we'll kind of maybe try to wrap up here with a couple of thoughts, because what I think people could get 
sideways with is these new innovators that potentially might not have, in my, in, uh, in my opinion, might not have the experience to enter this space. And a good right. lesson of that are the co-ops that came out of the Affordable Care Act. Right. That were funded, that thought they were going to make a big dent. And they um, ran, out gone. Of, ran out of money. They're gone. And yeah. as taxpayers, we paid for that. We did. We might still be paying for that. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so in other words, do they have experience? I'm not saying if you don't have experience, you couldn't add value. Because right. I'm a big believer in the fact that maybe the lack of experience and a consumer-centric model could say, I'm going to turn you guys upside down. Right. I'm completely, completely willing ear. Yeah. to look at that. But a vetted plan, <laughs> a well-thought-out plan, mm -hmm. uh, something that's backed, that's sustainable. Um, and at the end of the day, this is a risk business. And so we can't eliminate the risk element that's here. And as long as that piece is thought out and understood, I think there's an opportunity for some, some new players in this space. And they're yeah. coming. It's and you bring that up. I mean, even even uh, health systems that have tried this, mm -hmm. right? So they thought they were going to be the next answer. Yeah. So uh, this is, um, it's not like if I uh, if I had a car and I wrecked it and it was a $18,000 car, that's right. what I'm insuring. I'm, insu I'm insuring a, a, a human num body. Right. That's a finite number. It can be a flu shot for $20. Right. Or it can be uh, a million-dollar premature baby. The, the gap between... Those two levels is, so you need experience, right. which means you have, ac have to have access to capital. Right. So what's your capital play? And then lastly, this is my opinion, <clears throat> would be what's your long-term motive for this play? Right. Um, you know, venture capital and private equity, it's you know, normally a f three-year turn. Right. So They're what, looking for EBITDA. What's your, what's your long-term play in that position? Uh, yeah. And I think those of us that are in this business, I think, I think we smell that out pretty quickly. Yeah, you can feel it. I, I will say this. I'll leave with, with my final comment on this. So if you go back 20 or 30 years ago and you think about music and artists that produced music, it was You're not going to talk about the Bee Gees, though. <laughs> Maybe I'm going to talk about the Beatles, um, Andy Gibb. No, so if you look, though, seriously, they produced one artist produced their song or their record. And if anyone else used a portion of that or a part of that or in a theme song, you know, it was lots of royalties and it was a real pain. There's never one artist on a song today. Mm -hmm. It's very difficult to find any popular music, I'm not talking about the things maybe I listen to, the things my kids listen to, there's two and three and four artists. Everything mm -hmm. is a collaboration. People from every genre. You've got, you know, R&B singers singing with country singers. And, I mean, it's all over the board. It's completely mm -hmm. changed. And, and so, the access points. So whether it be Spotify or, or Pandora or iTunes or, you know, just... It's completely mm -hmm. different, right? And so while I realize healthcare is much more complicated and much more serious than entertainment, I think there's a real opportunity for collaboration which is what's starting to happen, is right. these players with innovation and ideas and consumer mindset coming together with people who know how to manage risk and know how to deliver healthcare. That's where the game changer is gonna be. Yeah, and the greatest thing about all of that is just this abundance of curiosity. Like yeah. people saying, I'm really curious about this. Well, thanks for listening. Uh, and if you uh, have any questions, you can reach out to Ann and I uh, individually. We, uh, we certainly appreciate your time. Yeah. Thanks, a, everyone. Have a great Thanksgiving. Yeah, me too. Have a great day. Thanks for listening and opening your mind. If you're interested in learning more, you can reach us at scott at healthierbirthdays.com. Or ann at healthierbirthdays.com. We hope you'll join us next time on, on Side, Side Effects. Effects.